Welcome, welcome Dolphins fans, football fans, and just casual listeners to the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Moss, coming to you again on a Friday, um, just a, a couple of days from what is perceived to be the inevitable beatdown coming that the Miami Dolphins will take when traveling to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers and Tom Brady this week. Um, it's been a handful of days since uh, since the last game when the Dolphins went out and, and had a very poor showing against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, just kind of the state of the team right now and really how to uh, how how can this team patch these holes and these cracks and and because to the point it's to the point now where you you've got a massive hole uh, where the water in this weird little example that I'm coming up with here that you know the water's just spewing out like had to, there's no just little cracks in the dam there's you know those all those little sayings that you can come up with about you know how your team's got some 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 holes or some spots here and there to fill um, <clears throat> they have they have uh, found themselves in a position where there are a, a lot of holes to fill and a lot of these holes that they need to fill on this team are coming from different areas um, you may have a hole in one area because a player is is a high level player and maybe he's having a bad season maybe he's just uh, not putting it together yet and ha- so far has had poor performance um, you could find yourself a hole in a different area where the player is just not a good player and he's been plugged into this position he, he you know he doesn't, he doesn't really need to be in there uh, the team has been reluctant to move off of some players uh, in in favor of others and maybe that's something that they see as far as practice is concerned and in other things that we don't see uh, but a, a lot of head scratching things that's you know as uh, that we've seen so far this year but on on to just the good the bad the ugly here and and pretty much all of it is is bad and ugly for this team right now um, you find yourself uh, in in a, in a spot where you're one and three um, with with the tough start to the season and some of the teams that this team has had to play, uh, there there you know plenty of people, even many Miami Dolphins fans had this team struggling a little bit at the beginning of the year potentially, and if they were able to show some promise and maybe pick up one of those games or at least you know show that they can play with some of these teams early, uh, that way you can try to come back and, and beat them later. Yeah, that would have been kind of the thought behind the Bills, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bills game. Um, but that did not happen. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this team struggle in every single way. And seeing a one and three team at this point in the season, when you know we we could have we could have looked at, hey, you know, if it was a scenario where they've been they've been in these games, they've played tough in these games. Uh, maybe the ball just hasn't quite bounced their way a couple of times, and it, it's similar to I know how it kind of happened with with the Raiders game, but there were so many things in that Raiders game that. That you know, during the game could have cost Miami the game. They, they should have won. They should have won at multiple different points uh, when playing the Raiders. And every time it's just you know, t- costly penalties, this, that, or the other, and, and still some poor play from some you know key positions that we saw. But I really wanted to take this week, uh, you know, Sunday, uh, and, and take you know the next four days. Until which is today, Friday, and, and and think about what I've seen from this team this entire year as a whole, uh, 
what are what are some of the main issues that I mean a lot of us see the main issues that are going on with this team, but I think what's more curious is this team's uh, what's seeming to be their unwillingness to to fix some of these certain things that we see, and teams have different thinkings in their fans. Um, that's kind of what a lot of it's going to boil down to, is because there's quite a few things that I just I really don't get. I really do not understand. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about it really quick. Uh, as far as yesterday, the Dolphins trading Jakeem Grant to the Chicago Bears for a 2023 sixth round pick. It was a it was a situation where I, I really thought Jakeem Grant was not going to make this team at the beginning of the year. Um, I didn't know how much of a trade market he could possibly have. Uh, I, I figured that he probably has enough uh, threat as a returner, or at least has, has shown that over the years so far, uh, that, that he has a little bit of trade value. And I was hoping to get a little bit more than a sixth rounder a couple of years from now. But at the same time, uh, they were able to turn it into, tra- uh, into draft capital. Uh, so that's you know something that's very important to this team. Uh, they've struggled at different points in, in what to do with those with that draft capital as you know we're going to talk about it a little bit but um, uh, certainly Jakeem Grant is somebody that I, I did not feel needed to be on this team anymore. He's just become too much of a liability uh, as far as inability to catch the ball on on big plays downfield and uh, uh, really struggling with ball control. you know the fumble in that Colts game was huge. It was a huge fumble. Um, a game where Miami was struggling in anyway, and and honestly, you know, could could probably have not won won the game even if that fumble didn't happen. But at the same time, you've got to put your team in the in in a position to where it can can try to come back instead of completely just ending the game. Uh, but I will I will miss some of the big plays that we saw from Jakeem Grant. We saw some big plays from him over the years. Well, you know, never forget the high five play, the touchdown run, and. Um, in some of the big returns and big moments that he has had, so so uh, definitely enjoyed watching him during some of the high moments of his career. Uh, just we, you know, it's 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 been a while since we've seen that, and he's shown no inkling of of, of really getting back to uh, somebody that this team can depend on. So I think it was a good move uh, and gives some of these other wide receivers some opportunities, which I would like to see. I'd like to see a little bit more of Matt Collins in these games. Um, you know, he's not somebody that you're going to target on a regular basis, but he certainly is somebody that can come in and make a few of those splash plays uh, that this team desperately needs. As well as Albert Wilson, who who I've wanted to see more of this year. Uh, I haven't seen him near as involved as I would like to. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go over the entire Colts game. Uh, it, it was an embarrassing game as a whole. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to lie. Um, because this, is, this was a winless... Colts team uh, coming into Miami. I mean, this is a, this is a situation where yes, you've struggled at the beginning of the year, but you've played you know you've played Buffalo, you, you've played you've played some some decent competition. Um, so while your performance has been very subpar, uh, you have played against good teams. So you get a chance to come home, you know, after a tough overtime loss to the Raiders, and and show that you're still a good team. Show that you know you should have won that game. Um, against a, a Raiders team that had not lost. So uh, certainly a Raiders team that was playing very well, and Miami had themselves in position at multiple times to win that game. Um, but like I was saying, you come home against a Colts team that has not won. Uh, Carson Wentz has, has played just god-awful 
to this point. Um, their their running game has been a little bit subject, you know, because their offensive line has struggled with the you know Quentin Nelson, their their all pro left tag or left guard uh, was not even playing in this game. And yet they were able to come out. They were able to to dominate with the run with Jonathan Taylor, uh, and then they were able to throw the ball when they needed to, and and you know put points up on the board. And the Dolphins were not able to do that. Um, the the offense is is anemic. It can't move the ball down the field. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is missing wide open receivers. I mean, completely wide open receivers. You turn on any podcast, any Dolphins podcast. Uh, Anywhere, I'm sure you can go onto YouTube and find these clips of these receivers that are wide open down the field. Jalen Waddles had instances where he's been the guy uh, who's just been down the field looking and waiting for Jacoby Brissett, who has moved on from the first read so fast that now he's just throwing the checkdowns. Um, there was an instance in this Colts game where uh, Jacoby Brissett was able to... I can't remember. They had too many men on the field, I'm pretty sure. is, is They caught the Colts with too many men on the field. So they were able to get a free play. Uh, so Jacoby Brissett snapped the ball, and instead of looking downfield where his wide-open receiver was, because if you're able to draw a free play like that, you usually want to throw the ball down the field because if you throw an interception, it's not going to matter uh, because that penalty is, is going to bring it back regardless. So you take your shot downfield, and instead he checks it down for a, you know, an underneath for a, to no, you know, hardly any gain at all. Um, it's It's... It's just mind-boggling to, to see what we're seeing out here. Um, and there were moments last year, in the last couple of years with this coaching staff, even back a couple of years ago when, when Miami was, was regarded as the, the, the biggest tanking team in the, you know, in the NFL. Um, but even during that year, during some of these games, we would see coaching changes throughout the game where they would adjust to what the other team was doing, and uh, they were able to have you know big success with that. Uh, because ultimately in the games, that's kind of what you have to do. You have to be able to uh, to take what the other team is doing. You need to be able to adjust offensively and defensively uh, around what the other team shows you at the beginning of the game. Uh, if you want to try to correct some of the areas where maybe they're they're stopping you or giving you trouble at the moment. Um, and that's something that I just don't feel like I've seen from this team this year. I, I, as, as far as the adjustments made during the game, you know, you've got, you've got uh, Coleman... Uh, being burned all over the field in the secondary, and instead of lowering his snap counts, bringing in Nick Needham, um, trying to make some different moves, or, or God forbid, getting your first-round pick, Noah Igbenogany, uh, activated to the, the actual starting roster uh, so he can be out there. Uh, we've heard a lot of weird things coming out, and Noah Igbenogany coming out with a statement saying that, you know, he's completely changed his game with the help of the coaching staff and in all of this is great and he's he's talking about all these good things well the, the fans need to see you out on the field like you need to be out on the field contributing to this team if you were picked in the first round uh we need to see so much more than than you struggling last year uh it, you know in in what was kind of your first you know a lot a lot of action um and then coming into this year and you're not even on the field you're a healthy scratch and it's just something that's curious, you know. It's very curious uh, that that they can't get these they can't get these players on the field. Um, you know, a lot of injuries during this game. Uh, Will Fuller breaking his finger. They put him on IR. He's going to be out for the next three games. So after uh, Will Fuller served his one game suspension, 
Um, he missed the second game with a personal issue, which, you know, obviously com- completely fine. Everybody has personal issues and, and you know, uh, 100% understanding with that. Uh, but then, you know, to come back finally to the team and uh, says he's been, you know, working in the offseason and working so hard and this and that. And, and I know part of it is on uh, the quarterback play that this team has seen with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, but at the same time, Will Fuller really has not has not been an impact whatsoever. He's not... Uh, been the guy who can get open and, and, and make it easy for these quarterbacks. And he finds himself hurt again for the next three games. So um, the investment has, has certainly not been worth it to this point. Um, and everything gets a little bit derailed when, you're, when your starting quarterback goes out. So there's a few, a few areas of this team. A lot of them I won't give passes to, like uh, some of the guys on the defense. And the offensive line, you know, some of the, some of these guys are not going to be as impacted by the quarterback, other than the defense having to be on the field far too many times, which I do take that into consideration. But some of the players on the defense still are not really going to get a pass for their for their poor play. Uh, but Will Fuller is kind of a curious case on that one. I want to be able to give him a pass because I've wanted to see him more with uh, Tua Tungavailoa, which we haven't seen. Um, because Tua went out in the second game while Fuller was gone. Uh, so he's, they still have yet to play together. But, you know, co- coming in and, and, and getting hurt already and so some of those things you just can't control, a finger is something that's hard to control, but uh, but being available is, is something that's huge for the Dolphins, and, and uh, he really has not um, shown us what we would have liked to have seen so far throughout his tenure here. Uh, another one of the injuries is Michael Dieter. Um, I, I actually was pretty discouraged by this one because um, I had been pretty encouraged by Michael Dieter's play throughout the year so far. Uh, I, I was pretty confused whenever the team decided to move on from Matt Sakura. And, um, you know, and then we have to look at the, at the play that we've seen from Eric Flowers since he's not been on the Dolphins team anymore, which, you know, his play has been pretty good. So a couple of these guys that, that, Dol- that the Dolphins move on from – uh, are, are having success with different teams while this offensive line is struggling. Uh, but but Michael Dieter had been playing pretty good football at, at the center position, and I was pretty happy with that. Um, and I was I was kind of excited to see what it was going to be like throughout the year. But uh, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember how much time he's supposed to be missing. But the Dolphins the Dolphins do uh, do sign. I think his last name is Reader or Writer, and. Uh, he is a center. They, I believe he was off the practice squad of the Saints. Uh, might be wrong on that. But he was signed off another team's practice squad uh, to come in. They, it was a pretty cool stat they threw around that he's played, what, two to 3,000 snaps or something like that, or, or however many snaps he's played. He's only given up, uh, like, three sacks. So, I mean, that's really good. Um, but he, he certainly, you know, he was on a team's practice squad, so you have to think about that as you're bringing him in. But, uh, but still, bringing in somebody... Uh, with the injury, somebody with with game experience, that's that's something that's good. So um, they're they're doing their due diligence at least of trying to bring somebody in that can play at least at a high you know a high enough level uh, to hold the position over until Dieter can come back. Uh, going through some of the the good players of the Colts game though, um, Nick Needham was out there making some big plays. Still, it was nice to see him on the field more. Um, still saw Coleman out there, you know, a decent amount. Uh, not sure what the snap counts were or anything like that, but I felt like I saw Nick Needham out there more. Uh, I would like to continue to see him out there more. He has, he, I mean, the, this guy has, has been playing great. 
Uh, he's been playing great. I think he has earned and, and deserves a spot on this team in the, in, in the long term. Because um, you've got Xavier Howard and, Brain, uh, and Brandon Jones, or Byron Jones, sorry, that that are ta- not only taking up a lot of money, but they're both older. They're both older players. So you're going to need to keep some of that youth around, and I think that is kind of the thinking of the team uh, as far as Nick Needham and Noah Igbenogany is concerned. And that's kind of what I hope it is with Noah is that they're just really taking their time because they don't necessarily have to have him in there right now, and they know they're going to need that kind of stud number one guy uh, in the near future. So no, that's that's my hope. Hopefully it's not that and he's just going to be a bust and, and we're not going to see him play and they're just going to trade him in the offseason. So I, I don't know. It could be either one of those things. Um, but either way, I hope that they're if they are going to move on from him, I hope they're able to at least try to maximize the, the profit coming back, uh, which will still be hard to do because people haven't seen him on the field. But, I mean, that could be part of their thinking as well. Uh, some of the other players that that I thought had a pretty good game, Christian Wilkins has really started to come on this year. Um, and he, he's getting praised a lot for a lot of these more impact plays that we're starting to see from him, the sacks, the the pressures, the the big run stops, the you know the tackles for loss. Um, so he he's had multiple plays throughout these games that have been huge impact plays, and he's certainly shown a lot of growth. Um, I think he needs to work a lot on the on his uh, uh, on his run defense though, because there there's just points during the game where the Dolphins are just getting gashed for these big runs, and <clears throat> you know this is something that the team usually is not known for as far as being this bad at it um and so they're having these big plays but then they're just giving up huge plays right on the other side of it to where uh these big impact plays are going a little unnoticed uh just because they're they're not able to to just you know to to buckle down and and keep these other teams from getting these first downs when you get them in long positions but the way from what we have seen to this point in the season when I look at this team now compared to how I looked at them before we saw them play their first game, uh, there's there's some big mindset changes that I've gone through. And that is, I think, pretty much a lot of fans, a majority of fans. They're, they're, we still saw some holes on this team. This team was not a, a perfect team by any means. Uh, still a lot of questions at the offensive line that we've seen, you know, kind of uh, not go great. Uh, at the beginning of this year and, and some other spots. So, I mean, there were, there were obvious holes on this team, uh, but we thought that if, if Tua was able to come out and, and have a really good high-caliber type of play, then this team was good enough to, to have the potential to do big things. You know, the, the potential to do big things. I'll say that. But four games into the season, and not only having the record of one and three, but just watching every game and seeing what has transpired in these games and the way that the team has played and and the real concerning struggles in these different areas that I've seen. Um, what, it, what it's really telling me is that this team is still going to need to see a decent amount of turnover or uh, re- replacing it, certain areas. Uh, and that's going to go for players and coaching staff, in, in my opinion. Uh, at least if we keep seeing this go how we've seen it you know so far without any you know changes i think the the co-offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach charlie fry experiment with the three of them uh 
relaying the play calls and getting them to the quarterback has been a failure to this point. Uh, I don't know if part of that is because Charlie Fry is more used to communication with Tua Tungavailoa. He's worked with him for a long time. Uh, so the unfamiliarity with Jacoby Brissett could be a, a small portion of this. I'm, I'm only going to give it a little bit of an excuse, not much, because uh, the, the play calling and the schemes in general have been very unimaginative, uh, been very basic, and have, have kind of put these quarterbacks and these players in positions to not really get open, to not be in spots to have big plays, and and not really understanding the quarterback that you have in uh, and playing to his strengths because uh, Jacoby Brissett is, is missing these guys. I mean, he's just flat missing them uh, when they are open. And so part of that does have to go on to him as well. Uh, but, but you know, frankly, we, we've seen a lot of very head-scratching moments so far this year uh, as far as decisions that this team has made. Uh, one of them was, I, I believe it was a couple weeks ago in the Raiders game, I want to say it was, uh, where they had the opportunity to go for a 55-yard field goal at one point during the game uh, it, with, with Jason Sanders and elect not to. And that's just something that normally we would not see from this team. They would they would trust Jason Sanders with a kick like that. Um, and I get it that they're frustrated that they haven't been able to put uh, touchdowns on the board like they would have liked to. Uh, but at some point, you've got to be able to take some of these points uh, whenever they're in front of you in, instead of constantly having to go for these fourth downs and, and not really having success with them at this point. Because I do like the aggressiveness, but I feel like uh, they're they're using this aggressive nature at times out of desperation a little bit more uh, than just going with the analytics. And, and they're doing that earlier in games than I would like to see them do uh, to where if you're not able to convert that or if you're not able to, to get the first down, you're really putting your team in a bad position, and especially your defense – uh, who has already been on the field so much. I mean, they've they've been on the field an incredible amount of time. D to the point in some of the games, I, I would say the Bills game is, is one of those, to where the defense had moments during that game. They played great. Um, Josh Allen's production during that game was not great. They, they struggled against the run, uh, but the Bills kept trying the run and kept trying the run, and... and Miami eventually was was started to give up those gash plays uh, because they were shutting down Josh uh, Josh Allen. Uh, but then they you know they would make the stops where they needed to, and the offense was just was not able to put any points on the board. And and so that game I didn't feel was as much on the defense as it was the offense. But uh, but it's 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 been frustrating. It's been frustrating to see uh, whenever one side of the ball have a little bit of success, the other one comes right back and, and does not. But as far as the offensive coordinators, um, they're going to be on the hot seat from from here on out going forward. Uh, because if 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 we continue to see uh, this offense struggle, especially whenever we see Tua Vailoa come back against the uh, against the Jaguars next week, um, you know this this is something that that Coach Flores has to be able to to move on from. He has to be able to. Uh, realize that this is this is not working and, and have to figure out something else offensively, whether that means bringing somebody else in, which is something that, you know, not doesn't usually happen. Um, but it, if things continue the way they do, it certainly has to be an option uh, at some point. 
And I, I won't address every single you know, troubled area on the team and as you know what they could do or should do uh, with that area, whether it be bringing in players or looking at free agents or uh, just shuffling around players that are already on the team. Uh, but but what I'll say is that the Dolphins need to take a hard look at their capital at this point of what they have uh, as far as draft capital and in players as far as you, what could be used as, as trade capital um, uh, as the year goes on because they're going to need to look at some of the players that they have on their team that may not necessarily be there long term or that are struggling in the moment that still have some value and see if they're going to be able to move those around in combination with draft picks uh, to bring in some players you know, from around the league that are up for trade right now that, that can make a huge impact on your team right now, whether that be on the offensive line, uh, possibly even in the quarterback position. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that that's uh, completely impossible uh, because, let's face it, if, if Tua Tungavailoa comes back, against the Jaguars and and we we do not see anything anything good nothing better uh this team continues to play bad uh continues to lose games and Tua doesn't look like he's going to be the future of the team then what's to stop you from from trading for I, I'll just throw a couple of names out there Nick Foles sitting on the Bears uh the Bears just said that they're going to move forward with Justin Fields as their quarterback for the year so that leaves uh, Andy Dalton and uh, Nick Foles on that team as the two backups. Uh, Gardner Minshew, who was a player that I was curious to see if the Dolphins would, would try to target in the offseason. Uh, he goes to the Eagles, and uh, so he's still sitting there behind Jalen Hurts right now. Uh, he'd be somebody that would be a possibility to target that you may not have to give up too much for. And then there's always the obvious with Deshaun Watson out there. And taking a look at that situation um, that may be an area that the Dolphins are not able to uh, to to explore again uh, as far as their side is concerned or maybe just the want for the Dolphins is, is not really there um, but you know I give it a couple weeks and I think if, if like I said if Tua is to come back for that Jaguars game and, and play very poorly then I, I think a lot of very serious conversations are going to start swirling around because that's going to be getting, you know, within a couple of weeks of the trade deadline. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of talk around the league, I think, if that were to happen. Um, obviously, I hope that Tua comes back and has a huge game, looks very good against the Jaguars, and is able to kind of right the ship and, and, and get this team steered back in the right direction. Uh, but I've been very concerned from what I've seen to this point in the year, uh, not only from... from uh, from a player standpoint, but from co a coaching standpoint, that I, I just don't know how confident that I am in the possibility of that happening. You know, um, how how much of a possibility that could really be. So I was I was very disappointed. Only you know from the standpoint that this Colts team is is not a, t a very good team. It was a team that that we should have beat. Um, but it was also a very desperate team. It was a team that had not won a game. You know, they start off zero and three. With the end of your season right in front of you, it's something. It's not out of the ordinary to see very desperate teams need to to get a win, um, and that's how they play. You know, they played like they needed to win that game, and the Dolphins did not. Uh, so, as disappointed as, uh, as as I was from from this Colts game, um, I, I see it 
as just kind of a continuation on some of the struggles that we've seen that have just not really uh, been able to be turned around. And uh, it's, it's not going to get easier because, you know, th- this week you're, you're going right down the road, so you don't have to travel very far, but you're going to Tampa Bay uh, to play the uh, previous Super Bowl champions and your arch nemesis, Tom Brady. And so it, it, it does not get any easier. And the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have looked uh, like a you know an elite caliber team once again. And if you think just because um, just because this team has struggled that they're going to go in there and and, and Tampa Bay's you know going to see this as a a struggling team and try to just play play it easy on this team, you've got another thing coming because uh, n- you know not only this team. Uh, being one of the better ones in the league with with the potential to win every single game, uh, but you've got Tom Brady, a guy that uh, you know you never really know what's in some, another player's head, but at the same time you know that uh, that Tom Brady playing the Dolphins in Florida, and it's not going to be in Miami this time, but at least playing in Florida, um, he certainly has a chip on his shoulder as far as the Dolphins are concerned. Uh, because the you know they, I mean they've they've been a team that's been in a thorn been a thorn in his side for a lot of years and he's went on to win the Super Bowls and and he's had the success that he's had uh, but the Dolphins you know the, that's the only the only stadium uh, that he has had a losing record at is is at you know Hard Rock or in Miami because it hasn't always been Hard Rock throughout Brady's tenure uh, in the league but uh, but you know it's it's been a tough place for him to play. It's been a tough team for him to play, and uh, playing against a former coach of his and in Brian Flores, somebody that they know you know know each other very very well, um, brings a little bit of extra spark to that. So uh, a lot of people would have would have hoped that the Bucks playing uh, playing the Patriots in Foxborough and, and Brady going back there on you know this previous Sunday and. Uh, that, that that would be kind of an emotional game and, 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 and have a little, you know, a little something extra to it that might take a lot out of them. But they went in there and uh, the Patriots gave them everything that they that they could. And it was it was a close game, a tough game. Uh, but the Patriots just did not have enough to uh, to pull that out against Brady and in the Bucks, but played them very admirably. And so. Uh, you know, they, they showed that they, you can play a very tough game against that team and still n- not be able to pull it out. Um, but I, you know, I, I see this as as a, a game to where we need to see the Dolphins play better, and that's all I can really hope for going into this game. Um, because if you if you go in uh, thinking that this is going to be the turnaround game and that the Dolphins are going to get it all together and they're going to upset the Bucks, then you may be very disappointed. And I, I, I hope that you don't go into the game with that kind of expectation. Uh, what we need to see from this team is we need we just need to see progress. That's what we need to see. We need to see this team try to figure out a lot of the issues of the on the offensive line. We need to see them. Uh, we need to see them decide what they're going to do with the running back position. Are we going to continue to see Miles Gaskin, who was averaging over five yards per carry, get two touches per game? Uh, because in my mind, that's unacceptable. Miles Gaskin should be your 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 main three-down type of running back. They should be using him a lot, especially with his ability in the passing game. Uh, but we're seeing Malcolm Brown get a substantial amount of carries over him. With you know Malcolm Brown, it seems like every time he touches the ball, he's missed for three yards or he's getting stuffed in the middle. Um, 
you know, I get it that he had some big runs and he had some, you know, he had some pretty good runs uh, in the last couple of games. But, but it really, the playmaker is Miles Gaskin. He's the athletic playmaking back and the guy that you have talked up all off season is is somebody that you have confidence in, and that's why you didn't draft the likes of uh, Najee, Najee Harris or Javante Williams. And I supported them behind that because I think Miles Gaskin's a good running back. Um, but they have not used him like that. Uh, I don't feel like they've used him in the right way. And I feel like uh, with the offensive line and with the running backs room, they kind of need to uh, figure out what they're going to be doing uh, because you're not going to be able to have sustainable run success whenever you're not even sure who your running back is and, and not putting them in the best positions, in my opinion. Uh, we need to see which wide receivers are going to step up. We, we see that Jakeem Grant is gone now, so we want to see who's returning the punts, uh, if that's going to be Jalen Waddle all the time, if it's going to be mixed up a little bit. Uh, I know that Javon Holland used to uh, return punts with Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that was somebody they were looking at as well. So I'm curious to see what they're going to be doing with that, but but we need to see which one of these wide receivers are going to step up. Devontae Parker has had, has had a pretty decent year, quietly, so far. Um we need to see him continue that. He's made some big catches and, and, and been a big playmaker this year. So he's he's had some ones just you know go right in his hands that could have been touchdowns and some you know some big ones that were just just inches away. So um, I've liked what I've seen from him so far this year. Uh, he's been you know one of the few receivers really. I would you know Jalen Waddles had a lot of catches, but we haven't been able to see a lot of that big explosive uh, you know run after catch. Uh, yards after the catch kind of kind of playmaking ability that he brings but I have been encouraged from you know f- from what I've seen from Jalen Waddle I think that he's shown a lot of great ability you know a lot of athleticism um, I-, I think a lot of his issues have been the routes that they're having him run within the scheme uh, and, and you know he's gotten close to breaking off some a few of these tackles for for big gains and uh, so you know I like I like the, the willingness for the team to really get him the ball multiple times a game and try to utilize his skill set. So I think that that's there. Um, I think I think as the season goes along, we're going to see a lot more big plays where he's able to break that open uh, for the team. Uh, I, I don't know how much he's going to end the season with, but at the same time, I think that you know we'll we'll see some of those big plays mixed in there as the year goes along. Um, and he truly is a special player. So he's he's somebody that is that I'm very happy that the team has, and I think that going forward he's going to be a huge focal point in the offense uh, for years to come. But the defense, uh, you know, playing Tampa Bay, uh, we're going to have to see the defense continue to see, to do what they've done as far as uh, their secondary is concerned. They've been pretty good against the pass. Um, as the game goes along, they start to be worse against the pass just because they, they fall behind. Uh, as we've already talked about it, but the, you know the defense being on the field for too long throughout the game, getting tired, blah blah blah, um, and so we've seen them struggle some there. But like like I kind of broke down as far as the Bills game was concerned with Josh Allen, uh, the secondary's played pretty good, and they've they've been they've been doing a good job on some of these big receivers. Uh, but this is going to be a huge test for them because there's a lot of playmakers on that team. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if Gronkowski is going to be back or not. He missed last week, but uh, I think you know it's possible that Gronkowski's back out there, and they've got you know huge big playmaking wide receivers as well. Um, a couple of they have, have a couple of running backs in Ronald Jones. Uh, they've also got Leonard Fournette. 
Um, I think that they've got was it Giovanni Bernard. So they, I mean, they've got quite a few running backs that they kind of toggle around on that team. But Leonard Fournette's been been their main guy. Um, I think Ronald Jones is more of the type of back that would give Miami trouble. Uh, I think against Leonard Fournette, the defense can actually stand him up a little bit uh, because that's that's kind of how the defense has been. Is they've been big up front. Um, because they've got a lot of big bodies up front. They get Adam Butler in there. They play John Jenkins a uh, decent amount in there on the defensive line. And those are big guys. So they're able to clog up the hole a little bit. They struggle more against those speed backs uh, because they either get through that hole so quickly or they can bust it to the outside uh, or those those uh, or those defensive linemen seem to have, be having some trouble. But that's, that's pretty much the story for the defense. If they're able to limit the running game, um, and, and be be tough in the passing game and get this offensive ball back. That's really all you want to see from them. And they've done that uh, just about the whole year to, to an extent. They've, they've done that a lot. And we've seen defensive players struggle, but uh, for the most part, they've been able to, to get the offense, the ball back, you know, a decent amount um, to the point to where if we were just able to put some points up or sustain longer drives to give that defense more of a break, I, I like to think that we would see... A uh, little better results from that. This, uh, so the de- the defense, um, there's not really much else to say about them, though. That's that's uh, pretty much the recipe for them, what I want to see. Uh, I'd like to see Noeg Benogany actually get on the field, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I'd like to see Javon Holland get more snaps. I can't remember. I heard his snap count recently from somebody else on a podcast. And uh, it was it was a decently low snap count. I think that Javon Holland has, has been playing very well. Um, he was even, you know, being graded as one of the higher safeties and especially like one of the higher uh, production-wise as a rookie so far uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I feel like the, the Dolphins' secondary hasn't uh, has been pretty good about not giving up those big plays down the field. They've given up long, sustained drives um, and kind of the, the bend don't break and we hear that over and over, but that kind of, that kind of mentality. We, see, we do see that. Um, but I think Javon Holland has been very good in there about helping to uh, either break up some of these plays or come in for some big tackles. Uh, so I, I, I'd like to see him more. Um, I, I want to see uh, Jerome Baker kind of bounce back because he's had a, a kind of a tough start to this year. Uh, they're, they're asking him to do a lot more in pass coverage, and he's not rushing the quarterback as much. I don't know how much of that I agree with. I think he's a very good coverage linebacker, but I think he's – a, a good linebacker that you can uh, that you can kind of change it up with him, where you can have him rush sometimes and, and go into coverage sometimes. I don't think that they're rushing him enough uh, for my liking, but uh, I think Jerome Baker is is a heck of a player, and I'd like to see him kind of start to get some more impact uh, on a lot of these plays because there's a lot of passes being given up over the middle, and uh, some of that's him, some of that is is other players, and he doesn't have a lot of help. Uh, coverage-wise from a lot of the other linebackers. Um, a lot of our linebackers like Andrew Van Ginkle, and Andrew Van Ginkle has, has done, a, done a pretty decent job in pass coverage this year. I've seen him in pass coverage a lot more than I, I thought I would so far, uh, but I, I think that he's, tr- he's held his own in a, you know, a decent way. But a lot of these linebackers are not coverage linebackers that we have on this team. They're, they're, uh, they're pass rushers, they're run stoppers. Um, and so that's... That's kind of part of the reason I feel like is they're they're having these they're having these safeties and in 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 other corners slot corners like Nick Needham or Coleman uh, have to come in and help help over the middle and uh, Needham has done a decent job of helping out with that but you, 
everybody knows my feelings on, on Coleman and, and how I feel he's struggled in helping over the middle. Um, but that's basically the defense. Uh, the offense against Tampa Bay, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you. I'm, you know, I mean, what what do I even say about the offense playing against the Super Bowl winning team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, this is a really really good defense. Um, they have struggled this year, and they've struggled defending the pass this year. Uh, but this, you know, whenever you look at the offensive numbers that this team is or defensively for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you look at the stats that the other teams have gotten against them, uh, a lot of that is because Tampa Bay is so good and they put up so many points, uh, the other team has to throw the ball. They have to throw the ball a lot. And so when you're having to throw the ball the whole lot, a whole lot during the game and, and abandon the run, then you know those, those numbers can reflect negatively on your defense when you're still winning games. Um, and it's just that you get into these shootouts and, and sometimes, it's, you know, you get into those shootouts with the offense, you know, two offenses really playing against each other. It's hard for the defense sometimes to, to kind of stop that momentum because it really kind of feeds into itself. Um, and so they, they've played some decent teams this year as well. Uh, the Buccaneers have. So um, this is this is a game that Miami is not going to be favored in. Honestly, I saw the line and I thought that Miami would be the biggest under the underdog of the week. And I don't think they were, uh, but they were probably like the second biggest underdog of the week. Uh, but I, there's probably deserving to be the first under, you know, the, the highest under the underdog of the week. It's a game that they shouldn't be expected to win. It's a game that I'm not going to expect them to win. Uh, because how can you, I mean, there's just no way I'm going to cheer for a win. I'm going to hope for a win, but how can you, how can you expect one at this point from what we've seen? So I'm going to, dial back my expectations I'm going to watch this game and use it as an evaluation tool and I hope that a lot of you will do the same where we can we can hope for the success for this this team and these players uh, take a look at what we see on the field and and try to dive into where these issues really are are we going to continue to see these issues in the same areas again or are we going to see them correct some of them and maybe we'll see struggles in new areas but uh, that, that's, that's kind of the approach that I'm going to take because if, if, we, if we go in thinking that this team's going to turn around and against this team, it's, it's just going to be something that's going to get us further down. And we've already, we've already had too many tough losses this year, you know, year, losses that uh, the team honestly sh- shouldn't be taking, um, losses that the, they have looked very uncharacteristic from what we've seen from this, uh, from this regime. Uh, from from Coach Flores and, and Chris Greer and, and just everybody on this team, the players, the vets that have been here uh, throughout the rebuilding process over the last couple of years. Um, this is very uncharacteristic. This is a team that has been has played very hard the last couple of years for every every win that they've got, and uh, accum- accumulating ten wins last year is is no no small feat. It's something that they worked very hard for, and. It's something that we want to see this team build off of. It's you know we, we thought that they would. Uh, I, I don't even know record wise if I can say I don't know. I, I didn't expect them to be undefeated or anything at, at this time of the year, but I expected them to look better. And as far as the eye test goes, uh, this is not this is not a team that that is going to be worthy of contending for the playoffs, at least this year. Um, but we're you know we're going to hear a lot of rumblings. <clears throat> here, you know, here going forward and 
maybe even even some little rumors or some things popping up after this Tampa Bay game if it if it goes the way that you know honestly we kind of think it's going to. Um, we'll get to the we'll get to the uh, Jaguars game in London after that, and we'll we'll get Tua back. We'll see what we can get going. Um, Will Fuller will still be out for another week after that, but then he'll be back and. Uh, if we can prevent some of these injuries from, from popping back up and, and, and losing any more people trying to keep the at least core that we've got going right now in place. And, and just, uh, over the next three weeks is, is going to be a time where I take a, take a hard look and, and see, uh, what this team's going to look like going forward. So, uh, we still have a long season ahead of us, just, you know, barely a quarter of it done, not even quite a, a quarter since they added a game on this year, but, um, a lot of games to go, a lot of season to go. Uh, a lot of a lot of things that can still shake up this team and, and, and be shaken up around the NFL. So, uh, still going to go in, going to have fun watching the game. I'm not, I'm not losing. I'm not losing hope yet. I'm not losing hope in this team figuring something out and, and starting to get some wins together. Uh, but I'll just leave my hopes at that for right now, and we'll take it one game at a time together. So, um, that's going to be it for this week. Feel free to look me up on New Beginnings Podcast on Facebook. I have a page over there. Send me a message. Uh, feel free to to post stuff to the page. Uh, you know, any any news articles, any breaking news, any of that. Feel free to share it on there. Uh, Want to use it as kind of a community tool where everybody can just kind of get together, and, and I'll drop the new episodes on there whenever I get done with them. But also a place just to kind of hang out and share information and talk about the team. Uh, and you can also message me directly. Ask about uh, any any certain topic you want brought up on the show. Um, anything you kind of would think you'd like to hear me dive into, I'd be happy to do it. Um, and we'll come back next week. Well, I, I, I either usually do a podcast earlier in the week or later in the week. This week it was on a Friday. Uh, so we'll see what happens after the game. And I'll come back to you at some point next week. We'll break down a hopeful win, a very hopeful win against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but we'll be moving on to the London game and, and getting to see Tua come back. And I'll be excited for that. I'll be excited to see Tua come back. And I, I want to see what he brings with him. So uh, and until then, I'm Tyler Moss, New Beginnings Podcast, a Miami Dolphins podcast. And I will talk to you all next week. Fins up, everybody. Have a good week.